Hello and welcome to the iCandy Duo podcast. I'm your host, Naomi Williams. This podcast is brought to you by iCandy World, makers of beautifully British pushchairs for parents across the globe. We're delighted to be joined on the Eye Candy Duo podcast by Louis Smith, MBE, British gymnast and four times Olympic medal winner. Since retiring from the sport, Louis has lifted the famous Strictly Come Dancing Glitter Ball trophy as well as turned his talents to the West End stage. Louis is now expecting his first child, so we caught up with him about life after the pommel horse and how he's feeling about fatherhood. Hello, Louis. Thank you so much for being on the Eye Candy Duo podcast. You well this morning? I'm very good. Thank you very much. I mean, uh, ready to, to start enjoying the weekend. Um, yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I have to say, um, as I sit here, it's actually starting to snow where I am, which is a bit, uh, it's very much a uh, stay indoors kind of day, I think. But I was out salting and gritting all the driveway <laughs> last night, just, just in case, and woke up this morning to just a bit of drizzle. So. Oh, Oh, it you're, a, you're a good man, salting and gritting. I don't think I've ever seen Well, the thing is, I mean, it's the whole reason why we're here. If the baby comes in the middle of the night and it's it's two, three inches of snow outside and we ain't going anywhere, I'm going to have a really, really <laughs> tough night. <laughs> you are. Because exactly so that, be I, mean, cong- I mean, congratulations, you're expecting a baby girl. And that's, I mean, your due date must be Thank you. pretty close coming up. Um how are yeah. you feeling about everything? Like you say, you're salting, you're gritting, you you sound like you're getting very ready for it. <laughs> just like you said, I'm just trying to stay ready. Um, you know, apparently the head's all engaged and it could be any minute now. So I'm just trying to keep on top of every kind of eventuality. If I'm out, you know, I make sure my phone's uh, not on silent. I grit the roads because <laughs> I've got a BMW. I can't get out of my drive if it snows. So we have to go in the girlfriend's car. I've got our bags packed. So yeah, just trying to as ready as we can exactly yeah and then it's just the waiting game isn't it oh my goodness you just made me you made my heart flutter then i feel the suspense for you i'm like like, (laughs) how ready can you be but um i mean how are you feeling about having a daughter oh i can't wait i absolutely can't wait i mean i'm I'm very very nervous i know i know charlie is as well um but we're very excited as well but i mean we've got great people around us so that when this whole kind of covid issues kind of settles down a bit that we can help and uh, rely on but no we're um, we're excited we're nervous um and I, I just keep asking myself like thousands of questions and possibilities and eventualities i'm thinking about birthday parties that she's never had yet and what, what am i going to be like when she tells me the first time she's got a boyfriend and things like this so yeah it's all very, very nervous stuff I have to say, yeah, because my brother's got two daughters and um, he was going through the same process, actually, when his first Martha was about to come into the scene. And um, he sort of he did say, actually, when he held her, he knew at that point his, uh, his, his, like, his life was over. By having a daughter, mm-hmm. he just knew. He was like, I'm just going to worry. <laughs> like, this yeah. is my life now. I'm just going to panic. I mean, you've, you actually, you announced it really beautifully on your Instagram page and you kind of sort of, you know, captioned it with like doing life on my terms. I mean, you know, that's the news that you're becoming for giving your life like a whole new direction. Yeah, it has. It has. I mean, and I always prepared that, that, that would be the, that would be the case, you know? I mean, I think a lot of the things I've done in my life have always kind of been revolved around gym and doing things, you know, for myself. But, but now, you know, my life has, has definitely taken a turn in the fact that, 
you know, I'm going to be responsible for, for kind of nurturing a, a small, small baby's life to, to adult existence until they can fend for themselves. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a very new boat. Uh, I've never kind of had to experience anything like this. I think the closest thing would probably be um, looking after my dog, <laughs> um, which taught me to grow up very quickly. So yeah. I'm sure this is going to be uh, no different as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually you mentioned gymnastics and I've spoken to quite a number of different, you know, top level athletes like yourself. I mean, where, you know, your life is so focused and so geared. And I mean, you started gymnastics when you were four. So, you know, you've really had a very strong sense of, you know, dedication and, and commitment, you know, which is, you know, when you want to be that level of sport, it really demands. I mean, you know, you're still in your early 30s, but you can sort of boast a 25 year career, which is kind of insane, really. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've done more than most people in a really short space of time. Um, I mean... I mean, you've, I mean, you've also racked up some insane um, achievements as well, like sort of four Olympic medals across three Olympic Games. And you've won, when you won bronze in uh, 2008, you were the first British male gymnast to win that Olympic medal since 1908. I, I reread yeah. that a number of times this morning. I'm like, oh, behave, Louis. <laughs> That's an it's incredible a, achievement. Yeah, it's quite, it's, it's a quite a, an achievement. Um you know, without patting my back too hard, it was quite a drought that we've had in the gymnastics game to, to get a medal, you know, a hundred years. It's quite, quite astonishing really. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where it all, st all started for me. Yeah. 19 years old, Beijing, a little baby, uh, myself and well, this yeah, is it's so just, yeah, I've had a fantastic career. I've been very lucky, I've been very blessed to have not only had any kind of major injuries or setbacks and yeah, I'm very grateful. I think you, like you say, I mean, 19. I mean, I think what I was doing when I was 19 and, you know, it's it's a world, it's a polar apart. But I suppose yeah. it must have been, you know, you must have been so mentally and physically more mature, I guess, than the average 19 year old. I mean, how did you kind of cope with that, all that fame and that attention? And how do you think that's kind of built you to the man that you are now? I mean, well, I, I guess you can say it's been a, a journey, um, a real journey, a learning one. Uh, you know, 19 years old in Beijing. Um, I was very young, but I was also very experienced in terms of the gymnastics game. You know, I'd been competing at a senior level since I was about 15. So by the time I'd got to, to the Olympic Games, I, although I was very nervous, I kind of knew what I needed to do on the day and then just kind of hopefully let the result um, take after itself. But uh, yeah, I got a bronze medal, which is great. But, you know, since Beijing, it's been an absolute learning curve just trying to kind of be comfortable with who I am in the new life that I'm leading, you know, in front of all these, these people and press and, and the public and stuff. It's uh, it was, it was a real challenge for me, especially because being so young, I, you know, I didn't have anyone around me that I could kind of ask for advice or support from that was kind of going through or had been through the same sort of thing. Um, you know, I just had to kind of learn along the way. Um, of kind of dealing with kind of being in the public eye and, and the fame and, and all of that stuff. And it, it kind of wore me really thin. It kind of wore me down to the bone just because I was trying to live two different lives. I was trying to live the life that I'd always known up until that point where I could do what I want and kind of get up to mischief and hang out with my friends and, you know, be a 19 year old lad. But then on another hand, I was suddenly this role model that had been thrusted into the public eye, you know, haven't won a medal in a hundred years and who's this new kid on the block and it was I was being pulled in two different directions and yeah it was very very difficult to try and learn how to deal with that 
I can imagine actually, yeah, because you spend all that time leading up to that point, just focusing on the sport, you know, and actually mm-hmm. just achieving what you want out of it. And then I suppose this, yeah, this celebrity was kind of a like a, a sort of weird symptom that you were, you were, you know, were never kind of necessarily prepared for. I mean, you had yeah. your coach Paul Hall, like from like from the beginning, and I get the the real impression that you guys are well, you know, incredibly close. You know, because obviously you must have shared so many of those experiences together. I mean, you were even on um, a celebrity who wants to be a millionaire together. So you got to trust the man. You know, you really got to <laughs> believe in him. Like, you know, come on, dude, don't let me down, kind of vibe. But um, I mean, he seems like he must have been a very inspirational man for you. And also, um, you know, whilst you were going through this, I mean, was he, he must be quite a strong role model perhaps for you. He was, I mean, my coach Paul is, 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 is a fantastic human being. Um, you know, I idolize him and I look up to him so much. Uh, he, I probably spent as much time with him as I did my own mum. And I've been traveling around the world with him since I was 11 years old you know, doing my first competition in America. And, you know, my mum literally hands over the baton of protection to my coach whenever we go away. So Paul has always kind of been that father figure that I've never had. And, you know, I learned so much kind of under his umbrella in terms of how to kind of be respectful and try to be punctual and, you know, you know, all kind of things like that. And kind of the militarizedness of, of gymnastics definitely helped as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, my coach Paul is, is kind of like, you know, the father I never had. Um, and I also got to see him uh, and his children grow up and how he interacted with them. And, you know, I, all those kind of little nuances and, and kind of feelings kind of rub off on me. And hopefully I can implement those things when I become a father. Well, I suppose, yeah, because when you say you kind of with him so closely from the age of 11, I suppose there was a lot of times where you were missing out on kind of your own normal family life if that makes sense like you're saying your mum would kind of you know this lovely kind of like passing over going right okay you're off with Paul now um yeah because of that level of trust but so I suppose it must have been kind of lovely seeing you know being with him and you know his children growing up and kind of having that sense of you know belonging um and uh you know that closeness with him you know whilst you were away from your normal day-to-day life with your mum um yeah but uh I mean you know, so, you know, you know, you're no stranger to change. I mean, obviously you did that for such a long period of time, you know, 25 years, you know, it's, it's crazy. Mm. But since then, you've, <laughs> you've really gone into some interesting directions, you know, um, it, it's, you've gone from, you know, you know gold, but like bronze medals and all this Olympic medals to holding a glitter ball trophy when you won Strictly Come Dancing in 2012. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it should be surprising that going from gymnastics to dance isn't that big a leap, but you know, that must have been a wonderful thing to do and like, um, and try it out. And obviously you've kind of gone on to trying out more you know, musical theatre and kind of going into mm-hmm. various different shows mm-hmm. and rip it up in 2019. I mean, do you think, you know, maybe the stage is where it, where it now lies for you? Uh, I hope so. I really do hope so. Cause I, I, I kind of treat the kind of musical theatre industry kind of like gymnastics. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of starting from, scratch again and I'm learning all these kind of different new techniques and skills and, 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 you know, trying to develop my skills within the industry. Um, you know, the first ever kind of show, like musical theater show I did was 2016 and each kind of show that I've done since then has been a little bit more dancing, a little bit more acting, a little bit more singing. Um, 
and I'm enjoying the process of learning, you know, that kind of craft. Um, you know, a lot of people go to college and, and, and learn these things from, from scratch. And I've kind of had to try and take a quick shortcut route, but also try and apply my, 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 my skills as best as I can because I'm under no illusion and you can't just learn these things overnight. So I try to work as hard as I can when I get these opportunities and I'm just really enjoying it, you know, being on stage and performing and having people really appreciate what you're doing on stage is, is it kind of fills that gap of, of what I miss competing and representing my country. So, uh, so yeah, I, I look forward to the day when, you know, we can all go to the theater again uh, and enjoy a good show and, and hopefully one of those I can be in. Oh, no, absolutely. I have to say, I mean, there's lots of things, you you know, with this whole period of lockdowns and COVID and all this kind of stuff. And I suppose on some level, we're all kind of like finding our way through it. But, um, you know, the lack of arts and just, you know, all theatres being closed for such a long time. I know I feel it. I love a musical. And there's, like you say, I can imagine from coming from the kind of the stage of doing gymnastics to the, you know, theatrical stage, it's that same sort of you know entertainment you get to really show off your art um and your skills and I think uh yeah the world misses it you know deeply and I know uh I can't wait to go back to the theatres so hopefully once they are everybody will be rushing back and um I can see like your videos on Instagram where you're kind of still practicing your dancing and stuff it's like that all will come in handy <laughs> you'll go straight on you know and it'll yeah. be like no time has passed I can't wait. I can't wait. It's just, it really has took a massive knock, hasn't it? The, the kind of the arts industry. And I think the sooner it can get back safely, um, yeah, the better. Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, we're probably, probably on the precipice of all running out of something to watch on TV. And then, then you watch people <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> go up in yeah. arms about it. I um, feel you. I've done about a thousand Zoom quizzes. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We actually did a uh, kind of like a fancy dress murder mystery as our Christmas party, which was... Oh, that yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah, it, it was basically like a usual team meeting. Just we were, there was a couple of fake moustaches, you know, that kind of thing. It would say... Uh, we'll have to steal this one. Yeah, you know, oh, I'll, I'll send you the files. It's a, it's a Spice good... things up a little bit. It's a good giggle, yeah. In the lack of other sets of entertainments, this is what we're driven to now, you know. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's it's it's... It's so lovely actually to talk to you because I've spoken to so many mums, which is brilliant. You know, a lot of new mums, a lot of, you know, obviously mm. when you're talking about um, anything to do with the pregnancy and birth journeys, obviously, you know, women are the ones that you go to for these conversations. But it's so good and so important to hear the, the other side of these things. Because, I mean, I recently spoke to um, uh, athlete Danny Rowe and she she went through quite a you know, quite um, a journey through her pregnancy and she was having to go to the hospital on her own and receiving sort of, you know, information that she obviously wouldn't want to have. You know, you'd want your partner next to you, mm, you know, with yeah. every step of the way on these things. And obviously, I, you know, I assume like Charlie's probably been going through the whole thing like that herself. I mean, how have you felt not being able to be there throughout that? I mean... <laughs> there's been a lot of touch and go and a lot of goalposts being moved by the government and stuff about things you can and can't do. Um, I mean, quite luckily for me, I've been allowed to attend a lot of the scans and, and things like that. So it's actually been okay, but Charlie's been in tears some nights kind of reading up on, you know, sometimes there's leaks from the government of what they're thinking of doing. And they you know, Charlie has been saying, Oh, you know, what if you're not allowed in, to go into the birth? Um, you know, I need you by my side and stuff like that. So. I think if that was the case, um, I think my feelings are kind of 
quite irrelevant at this point. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd love to be there for the birth of my child, but I, I care more about what Charlie's going to have to end up potentially going through on her own. Um, you know, and I know probably a lot of people end up in that situation anyway. I said, but you know, I'd, I'd want to be there to support her and, and, and kind of help get her through that, you know, especially it being the first child as well. So I, I just want to be able to be there and be able to support her. And I think if I couldn't do that, then it'd probably be very, very hard on, on Charlie. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if, I don't know, it's a very difficult one, isn't it? I, I just, yeah, I'd love to be there, but I also want to be as, yeah, I want to be as safe as possible as well. And I appreciate that, you know, the NHS already stretched thin and, you know, it, it's a very difficult time for them, but you know, if, if this, you know, vaccine starts to, kind of we see the effects of it and you know we are able to kind of be in there and uh, i'd be uh very much appreciative mm, no absolutely and at least that's that's kind of like a nice comfort in some way that your daughter will be entering a world where we see a light under the tunnel uh, at the, at the yeah. end of the tunnel now it's not quite as you know really uncertain if it was this time last year and we're just about to go in you know at least um hopefully she'll she'll be born into a different world uh, sooner rather than yeah. later but i mean also um one thing i you know from what i've learned from a lot of you know women that i've spoken to that have gone through exactly what you know gone through childbirth on their own they've all said at the other side like it's it's incredible how resourceful women are. They go straight into mother mode and they just they just get on with it. You know, it's that okay. Yeah, I'm on my own. So that instinct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, it's probably not much of a comfort at this stage to her because it's probably quite nervy and like you know, I mean, it's nerve wracking. Yeah. I'm sure with or without a pandemic, but um, but no, bless her, it must be quite quite a lot on the mind. I mean. I mean, you were we were talking earlier about gritting the roads. Um, <laughs> you sound like you're sort of like a dutiful man, like helping the councils out. It sounds wonderful, but um, like, how? What else do you think you're? Do you do you feel like you're prepared? Like you've got your bags packed. You've got if you've got kind of like the nursery set. Is Luna the dog prepared for someone new? You know, how is how is the household <laughs> at the moment? Uh, the the house is is. I'd say almost already. I think what I would like to do as well is kind of baby proof as many things as possible. Um, so when she starts kind of crawling and learning to walk and, you know, make sure that the kind of the cabinets and edges of things are kind of padded up and stuff, but all the rest of the house is pretty much, I think ready. Um, we need a, we need, we're waiting for a mattress to be delivered for uh, the cot in, in the nursery and a, a nursing chair. But apart from that, everything is everything is done uh i painted the nursery myself i tried to do a little uh, mural myself which i think turned out not too bad (laughs) considering i'm not the most artistic um but yeah we're we're as i think we're as ready as can be apart from just kind of then experiencing what it's actually going to be like i mean luna on the other hand i mean she's crazy she's a husky so we've had to get a few kind of um like baby uh like partitions right yeah you know, you know like the barriers yeah <laughs> so we've cornered off the kitchen and living room so if ever we're in the living room with a little one she doesn't come rushing in when she's all excited um God love her. Yeah. and yeah just trying to trying to teach the dog i think when the baby is around for her to approach in a more calmly manner than jumping around and going crazy um so i think that will be a learning curve for all of us um <laughs> But Luna's such a softie. I mean, whenever I'm away and, and whenever Charlie's out of the house, we send Luna to this this lady's house. She's a dog sitter. 
and she's always got loads of dogs around there. So Luna's used to kind of being around other dogs and, and in packs and stuff and in, and being very chilled out and mellow. So um, hopefully it's not too too much of a learn. I think she's probably just going to want to lick her. Yeah. That's what <laughs> yeah, she does. She probably. just loves licking people's faces. So I've got to try and keep her away from <laughs> giving giving her a little and too many kisses. Oh, she'll probably become the um, the little one's um, like guard dog. I see that a lot as well, where they just become like instantly like, okay, I'm looking after you. We're pals. Yeah, you know? I think that dogs are usually quite smart as well, aren't they? Yeah. They they kind of know when there's a, a you know a new human in the pack. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully she has that that instinct. Especially for a husky dog. I mean, they are. You, you're right. They are mental, but they are just wonderful. Like they are such yeah. characters. So yeah, you're gonna have quite quite the household. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Madness going on. But um, I mean, you 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 know you've mentioned in your your autobiography that you that. You were yourself kind of one for, for mischief when you were younger. And, mm. you know, that, that actually gymnastics was a, a fantastic portal for that. Do you think um, if your little lady turns up and you see that same sparkle in her eye and go, oh, she, she looks like she might become a little bit like, like how I was when I was a, <laughs> when I was a kid, um, you know, and I always think, you know, no great story started with a, a sensible kid, did it really? So, you know, it always needs to have a little bit of mischief in there. Do you think you would uh, encourage the same? Maybe, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be gymnastics, maybe, maybe theatre, you know, sort of going to theatre schools yeah. and stuff like that. Do you think you'd encourage that as a way of kind of venting that extra energy as well for her? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think even if it's sport or or musical theatre isn't something that she she would want to do long term. I think you learn so many different things in life from doing things like sports or or, or kind of applying yourself to like musical theatre or learning to sing or acts. You know, you you pick up so many life lessons and and, and things. So I think I think definitely we'll get her into kind of after school after school activities um, because it's good. It's good. It 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 teaches them to kind of work as a team and, and problem solve and all of these kind of hand-eye coordination things. So uh, definitely love to get her involved, um, being active and doing something different. Um, if she's anything like me, then uh, good luck to me and Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Your mum will heard, find anyway. it so funny, I'm sure. She'll be like, oh, there you go. <laughs> a little one I mean, like my, you. My mum tells me I, I, I was running at nine months old. Oh, my God. <laughs> that doesn't really surprise which me. Is, which is crazy. <laughs> but when you look at it, you know, it kind of makes sense. I've, I've been able to do what I've done in gymnastics. But, uh, but yeah, we'll keep a close eye on her and we'll, I think we'll apply our needs. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's just like an exciting, it's, it's such an exciting time, you know, mm. um, just on the precipice of meeting her and finding out yeah. who and what she's going to be like. But um, Louis, you know, I cannot believe we've been chatting for 35 minutes. So, I mean, I can't believe the time's gone so quickly. <laughs> We're having a lovely chat. <laughs> I almost nice. want you to get over That'd here and nice. do my uh, grip my drive. Um, you know, this is, it's been wonderful. Um, is it still snowing where you are? It, it is. It's just such a miserable sort of January day out there. I'm just going to lock myself away, I think. But yeah, it's, what about yourself? Is it still looking the same or is it clearing up? It's just, it's, it's just drizzling, I think a little bit. Oh. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing great. I got, I got stuck on my drive trying to leave to go work in the morning the other day. And I was trying everything to try and get out, pouring table salt on, <laughs> on the drive. Yeah. I was, I was, I was tempted to go and get some alcohol and start pouring that down, try and melt it. But yeah, it was a nightmare. Oh my God. I love how that this is like your concern at the moment, which I totally get because you're just thinking, if I need to get out of this house really quickly with Charlie, 
How mm. can I do it? And it just, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people said to put cardboard boxes under your tyres. So uh, we've got a load of cardboard downstairs just in case it goes bad. Brilliant. I mean, your your poor neighbours must be like, what is that man doing? You know, it almost looks like yeah. a mix of like voodoo, you know, with move, trying yeah. to move out, you know, with the boxes. And yeah. <laughs> like, what's Lewis up to now? Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant <laughs> stuff. Well, oh my goodness. Do let us know how everything goes. Cannot wait to um, do. see yeah. the first pictures. Of your little lady come through, and, uh, and thank you very and thank you very much as well for for you guys and your help and support. Oh, no. It's much appreciated. Oh, absolute pleasure, you know, absolutely, and um, yeah, cannot wait to hear more. So look, take care, Lou. It's been so lovely talking to you. And thank um, you, likewise. <laughs> we'll catch up soon. To find out more information about the topics covered in today's podcast, please go to the iCandy blog page on www.icandyworld.com forward slash ICLife, where you'll find all the relevant links. iCandy is a proud supporter of Great Ormond Street Children's Hospital Charity. COVID-19 means the hospital is facing new challenges and needs more support than ever to continue the life-changing care and research for seriously ill children. If you are able to support GOSH, please head to our dedicated fundraising page on www.justgiving.com forward slash company forward slash iCandy. <laughs>